Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, Shabbos, everybody. Whoa, before I even begin with tomorrow, we have the privilege of reading Parsha's bow. Let me just say, I am so appreciative of the privilege of being here in Eretz Yisrael. As I sit in Ramat Beit Shemesh, they say it's winter, but uh, it feels much more like already spring. Mir Hashem, next week to Bishvat, but... There are just no words to describe the schus of being here, even in these challenging times, which we'll get to, please God, a little bit later. Okay, tomorrow we do have the privilege of reading Parsha's bow. And with Parsha's bow, we are off and running. Until now, in our constitution, we've had but three mitzvot in the book of Bereshis, and starting with Parsha's bow, we have 20 mitzvos. We have nine positive mitzvos and 11 restrictions for a total of 20 mitzvos. And I would just want to mention a quick thought, interesting, in the name of the late Rabbi Shimshon Pincus, Zachrona Levracha, about the first mitzvah in this week's parsha, that of the uniqueness of the Jewish calendar. And he points out something very fascinating, that very often when you have a series, in this case here, Mitz Hashem, 610 more to go of mitzvos, but we have a continuum, there's usually something in the first of that series which has not only its own character, but something that we can learn from it for the rest of the mitzvahs. And he points out something fascinating, that in the beginning of chapter 12, we find the mitzvah of the Jewish calendar, that unlike the rest of the world, that marks its calendar with the solar, with the sun, we have the lunar calendar, whereby Nimshul Yisrael Valapana, the Jewish people, are compared to the moon, that as the moon is renewed monthly, so too are the Jewish people given the opportunity, literally, of renewal, taking stock, starting afresh each and every month. But there's much something much deeper, he points out, regarding this mitzvah of the Jewish calendar. There's so much about it that really we don't understand. What does that mean? It means that the Pasuk says in Parshas Emor, Rabbi, the Torah says, Eilemoadei Hashem, these are the holidays of God. Asher tikru'u osop, that you shall call them and proclaim them as your holidays. The rabbis tell us, al tikru'u, don't only read the word osom, but atem, you, meaning man is the one who ultimately sanctifies the holidays. And the rabbis teach us, atem, you, afilu shogigin, even if you made a mistake, or a filumazidin, even if you intentionally rigged the calendar. So, for example, we have it today that Yom Kippur cannot fall out neither nor on a Friday or a Sunday. 
if it would fall out on either of those two days, then we would have two days where you can't cook, two days where you can't have a burial, and this would be too difficult for the people to endure. And you'd have Hoshana Rabbah on a Shabbos, and the rabbis did not want to forego the minhag of, quote, clapping Hoshana. So what, before we had the calendar, witnesses who saw after day 29, the new moon, they come to Yerushalayim, and if the Bezdin would accept their testimony, it would turn out that Jim Kippur would be on either day, Friday, Sunday. So what do they do? The witnesses come and they find a big sign on the door of the Sanhedrin, closed. That's it, closed. They close it because they don't want to take the testimony for the consequence. So if we are dealing in a situation where this is really in the hands of man, and more than that, the Gemara and Sanhedrin teaches us that they would interrogate the witnesses, the Bezdin, and they would ask, show them pictures of the moon in the sky and ask the witnesses in which hemisphere was it and how did it appear. So the Sanhedrin were most knowledgeable in astronomy. So why do they need two witnesses? And the answer is, this is what the halacha says. You don't have an understanding of it, but this is what the halacha is, and this is what we follow, teaching us that with so many mitzvahs, if not all, there's an element of hope, there's an element of that which we can't understand, and we do this mitzvah, and really all mitzvahs, not because we understand it, but we do it to show our submission to the will of Hashem. This is what Hashem wants. This then is a privilege for us. Okay, let's get to work. I'd like to share with you an interesting idea found in the mitzvah of Tefillin, which is found in the last two paragraphs of the Parsha Bo. Very quickly, for the women listening, I'll give you a one minute or two quick crash course. Tefillin is a biblical mitzvah. A black box is placed on the bicep of the weaker hand and on the man's head between his eyes, literally on the fontanelle of the head. The tefillin shall yad, the hand fillin, and these are considered two separate mitzvahs. The mitzvah of the hand fillin has one long piece of parchment in it, and in this piece of parchment, or on this piece of parchment, there are four paragraphs. And these four paragraphs are four paragraphs from the Torah, four parashios, which contain the mitzvah of Tefillin. Two of the paragraphs are found at the end of this week's parsha, and the other two 
are the first and second paragraph of the Shema, which contain the mitzvah of tefillin. Interesting. The tefillin shal yad has all four paragraphs on one piece of parchment, and the tefillin shal rosh, the head tefillin, has four compartments to it, and there are in each compartment another uh, paragraph, one of these parashios, four compartments, four parashios. And it's interesting, the Torah doesn't provide these details. The rabbis do as part of the Torah Shabbat Peh. But I'd like to ask a simple question. Why? Why is it that the four paragraphs in the hand fill-in are on one piece of parchment and the four paragraphs in the head fill-in are on four different compartments? And the Meshachachma gives a very fascinating insight. He quotes from chapter 8 in the book of Malachim Aleph, when Shlomo HaMelech dedicated the first base Hamikdash in chapter 8, he has a long tefillah regarding the base Hamikdash and how people will come, not only the Jewish people, but from all over the world to beseech Hashem. And Hashem promises through Shlomo the Hoyu. God says, my eyes and my heart will be there all the days. Now, what do those two words mean? God's eyes, God's heart. After all, he has no body. So, the Meshachachma explains that they are a metaphor. God's eyes represents his Hashkocha Pratis, his divine providence, his involvement in the affairs of each individual, and his heart represents his love. Continues the Meshachachma. A parent has many children. He loves them all the same. And therefore, Hashem loves all of B'nai Yisrael the same, and therefore one klaf contains the four parshios representing his love for all. Leiv echod. One heart, one love for all his children. The tefillin shal rosh represents his hashkocha pratis, and there his divine involvement with each and every person. But there it differs. The more one is attached to Torah and mitzvot, the more one is attached to God, the more there is Hashkocha Pratis, his involvement. And the less, so for example, just as we know when it comes to the Arba Minim, the four species we take on Sukkot, the Esrog has both Tamboreach has taste and scent, symbolizing Torah and mitzvot, and the lulav has taste but no scent, 
representing having Torah and Atmasim Tovim, and the Hadassim has scent and not taste, representing good deeds without Torah, and the Arava has neither nor, and we take all four similarly in the Shalrosh, the four compartments symbolizing the four different kinds of Jews. And just as in the case of Avram Avinu, who was thrown into the Kivshon Esh, and when Nimrod asked his brother Haran, what, where are you? He says, let me see what happens to my brother. If my brother comes out, I'm with him. If my brother dies, I'm with Avodah So Abraham was saved, so Haran said, okay, I'll take the furnace. And he never came out. Because unfortunately, once again, he wasn't meriting the special Hashkacha Pratis between God and, in this case here, Horon. Fascinating. And therefore, Hashem says that just as I will be with the Jewish people in the Beisam Bigdash, the Tefillin represents Hashem's love for all of us, Hashem's involvement with each of us. Now, this brings us to the end of the parsha, whereby the Ramban, in a very famous Ramban, at the end, very end of Parsha's bow, says that why do we have so many miracles in uh, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, starting with last week already, some of the plagues, the last three plagues here, and setting this scene for next week's Kriyas Yamsov, all these miracles shows once again that there is a God and that He is involved with man. So you have this concept of the Ramban actually working in tandem with the concept of the Meshechachma. I can already tell you this past Tuesday for me was exceedingly emotional. I went to visit the place of the music festival and near Kibbutz Re'im where you have today markers of those Lovaleno who perished, those who are still captive and missing and interestingly people come to Davin, soldiers come as they go into Gaza to be charged. This is why we're going, where we're going, to protect Klai Yisrael. I went from there to the city of Shterot, which unfortunately lost 50 on that day of Simchas Torah, saw the site where there was a police station protecting, they wrote, the terrorists, Yamach Shemam, took over the police station, and the only way that they could successfully get them out was by bombing the police station, and you see a completely 
empty lot where the police station had been. We visited the yeshiva in Shterot, which Baruch Hashem is there with students from all over the country that want to learn Torah in Shterot to show, to demonstrate the Torah is our protection all the time. It's so difficult to put in words, but there are. We don't understand why, obviously. These are the mistoros, these are the hidden facts that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows. But so many of our chayolim will tell you that they saw nothing less than open miracles and the charge to us is for us to have more Hashkocha Pratis, more of God's divine providence protecting them and indeed Achino Kobes Yisrael, all the Jewish people. We need more tefillah. We are one family. You feel it here. And we have to appreciate and inculcate that into our very being. Our children, our sons and daughters, our grandchildren are serving and fighting for us. We, our davening cannot be the same. It has to be a slower davening, a more meaningful davening. Literally, make sure you have the name of one or two chayalim and pray for them. It makes your prayer all the more meaningful and it goes a long way for their struggle each and every day. There's no question the signs that you see throughout the land, biyachad ninatzeyach, with love, togetherness, as one we will win. There's no question about that. However, the same way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves all Jews, even though they might be different, we have to love all Jews, even though we might be different one from another. After all is said and done, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, as He has love for each and every one of us, it's a mitzvah to follow in His ways. And the more we love, the more we show love to one another, the more we will please God, merit, Hashkocha Pratis, divine protection, divine providence, to bring us closer to the end of this war of Timcha, Ezecher, Amolek. Shabbat Shalom to all.